You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister. Michael Nimmons. I want to welcome you to the It's Been a While edition. Yeah, it's been a while, but we're back. <laughs> edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, guys. We got some great topics we're going to be discussing in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're going to start off talking about uh, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries being elected to uh, House Minority Leader and very excited about uh, the historicity of this, uh, this move for the Democratic Party. In the second segment, we're going to be talking about uh, three individuals. In fact, LeBron um, uh, James, uh, Dallas Cowboy owner Jerry Jones, and journalist Jamel Hill. And then finally, we round out our three topics for this week's uh, It's Been a While edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, talking about uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, uh, and his success at Jackson State University and is taking him now to become the head coach of, of the University of Colorado. It's time, 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 for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, created a bond with that audience. And that's how I got on TV. It was my very first TV show. I hosted Showtime at Apollo. I ended up being the longest running host in the history of Showtime Apollo. I did that show for eight years. Nobody ever did it for eight years. And that was my turn back moment. See, in your life, everybody has a turn back moment. You have a moment where you can go forward or you can give up. But the thing you have to keep in mind before you give up is that if you give up, the guarantee is it will never happen. That's the guarantee of quitting, that it will never happen, no way under the sun. The only way the possibility remains that it can happen is if you never give up no matter what. Because God is always coming. He's never too late. At your, at your worst moment, look man, when they told me I had to be in New York, I saw no way I could get there. But that God don't. He make the phone ring. I end up in Florida, I make $300. Then I go to New York, I make $750. Almost got $1,000. A new episode of the podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to 
the It's Been A While edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. want to welcome you to the It's Been A While edition. Yeah, it's been a while, but we're back. <laughs> edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, guys. I know you missed us. We definitely missed you. But well, we are back with a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, so very excited to be back with you guys. I know it's been a few weeks now since we've done a new show. In fact, the last one we did was with uh, the Detroit Youth Choir director, Anthony White. Very excited about uh, that show and about the success of the Detroit Youth Choir. But because of work obligations and other things that we had going on, we weren't able to do a new show within the past few weeks. But things have slowed down a bit for us. And so now we are back with a brand new episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, I hope you are excited as I am to be back. Every time I get an opportunity to uh, share this platform with you, it I feel honored and I feel like it is a privilege to do so. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I promise you it's going to be worth your while. We got some great topics we're going to be discussing in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're going to start off talking about uh, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries being elected to uh, House Minority Leader, the first black uh, to be elected to uh, this uh, to party leadership uh, in on either side of the aisle for Republican or Democrat and very excited about uh, the historicity of this uh, this move for the Democratic Party and so we'll be talking about that in the first segment of this week's show and then in the second segment we're going to be talking about uh, three individuals in fact um, uh, LeBron James uh, Dallas Cowboy owner Jerry Jones and journalist Jamel Hill. Uh, there's an article she wrote about a controversial photo of Dallas Cowboys uh, owner um, taken back in 1957 where he's standing with a group of white, uh, other white boys at 14 years old uh, blocking the entrance of six black uh, young men trying to go into a Little Rock high school there in Little Rock, Arkansas, and LeBron James speaks to this and takes the media to task in a post-game interview, and we talk about that in this week's episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, and then finally, we round out our three topics for this week's uh, It's Been a While edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, talking about uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, uh, and his success at Jackson State University, and it's taking him now to become the head coach of the University of Colorado, the Broncos there. And so we'll be talking about that in the third segment of this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, got some great topics in store for you on this Tuesday, uh, this December 6th Tuesday edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Something else significant is happening on this Tuesday as well. We want to uh, give a shout out to all those that are listening in the state of Georgia. Uh, now, the, of course, the runoff is taking place between uh, Senator Raphael Warnack and uh, Republican candidate Herschel Walker. Uh, it is a historic runoff that is taking place. One 
1.85 million votes. Uh, early voters have already casted their votes um, and uh, soon we'll be getting election results regarding this Senate uh, seat that is uh, available and open and hopefully Democrats will be able to claim this seat and um, uh, and really uh, get another victory uh, after this midterm election uh, and uh, that took place uh, back in November. Uh, but we are, we are sending a special shout out and we're sending our thoughts and prayers to those that are in Georgia because we want to make sure the Democrats retain uh, power in the Senate. Of course, even after this takes place, whoever wins, uh, the Democrats will still retain power. But uh, from a practical standpoint, we think it's better for Senator Raphael Warnack to get this seat rather than uh, inexperienced, in, uh, inexperienced, unintelligible uh, candidate and Republican candidate Herschel Walker, uh, and that is a uh, uh, that's being nice about that. Uh, but you know, I was just. Just to say a few things about this uh, before we move on, I was listening to someone earlier today talking about this, and uh, I, I began to think about you know the significance of uh, this particular runoff. You know where 1.85 million early voters have um, casted their votes, and the nation's attention is directed towards Georgia yet again. And if, and, and, and if there is one positive to take from all of this, because there's so many uh, negative things that have been said about this and uh, all the vitriol that has been spewed about either candidate, but if nothing else, one of the positive takeaways from this runoff is that the nation's attention is on two African-American men. Um, and in a positive way, whether, you know, regardless of what we might think of Herschel Walker, uh, he is still an African-American male. Uh, he's a businessman. He is a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he has had his successes in life. And, of course, Senator Raphael Warnack uh, is um, one of the, our community's best representatives uh, in, uh, in the Senate. Uh, even before he became a senator, he was an outstanding member of the African-American community. Uh, but, you know, the fact that the nation's attention is on these two African-American men uh, at this time, I think is significant and uh, should be applauded and celebrated. If that's a positive that we can take away from uh, from this Senate runoff. In the state of Georgia, I would much rather look at it that way than to, you know, look at it from the politicized, divided way that, you know, the media has portrayed these two men. Um, and, um, and, and, and I've chosen to kind of take that approach because, again, we can be negative all we want, but um, I think it takes a little bit more effort for us to be positive and um, I thought about that earlier today and I, and I think that's a good takeaway for us uh, even regardless of the outcome as much as I would much as much as I would rather see uh, Senator, Senator Raphael Warnack 
uh, win this seat uh, in in the Senate, and uh, for him to continue on doing the work that he has been doing for the past two years for the state of Georgia, um, I, I I I I'm looking at it from the uh, the the thirty thousand uh, feet view of this, where the nation's attention is now on two African American men, um, and uh, when you look at historically what Georgians and what Black people have been through uh, in this in civil rights and 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 the fact that. You know, we have had to fight for the right to vote. And men and black men and women have died so that we can have the right to vote. And now we have the nation's attention centered around two African-American men who will ultimately serve the state of Georgia as their next senator, I think is remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable when you think about it. When you take all the politics out of it, when you take all of the vitriol that is being spewed at either candidate, and when you look at it from a historical perspective, what is taking place today in the state of Georgia is truly, truly remarkable. Again, we're encouraging you to go to the polls and vote. If you're listening in the state of Georgia under the sound of my voice, um, go to the polls. They are still open until 8 p.m. tonight. Make your voices heard and um, and let the state of Georgia know where you stand, whether it's on the Democratic side or the Republican side of the aisle. Make your voice voices heard because your vote matters and your vote does count guys again we've got a great show in store for you and in addition to the three topics that we're going to be discussing on tonight we have a powerful powerful thought of the week coming from none other than uh, radio host tv personality and actor steve harvey uh he is giving a powerful a story about, and I'm entitled it, Never Give Up. This is a, a motivational story that will leave you uh, on the edge of your seat. I guarantee you, as you listen to uh, him talk about his first opportunity in front of the television camera, and uh, you want to definitely make sure you listen from the beginning to end because it will leave you spellbound. You don't want to miss this week's thought of the week entitled Never Give Up. Again, guys, we've got a great show in store for you. Uh, feel free to hit us up uh, on any of our social media, Twitter and Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN uh, or the TOL Radio Show on either platform uh, or on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ or uh, send us an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com. Contact at michaelnimmons.com. We love to hear from you. 
or if you are interested in being a guest on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we'd love uh, to hear from you as well. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're an author, if you're a speaker, uh, if you're a singer, entertainer, uh, if you're a gospel hip-hop artist, uh, whatever your profession, we are looking to hear from you. We'd love for you uh, to be on the Thinking Out Loud radio show so you can share your story, your successes, and your failures right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, a growing platform of, uh, of that is continuing to grow each and every week. Let me tell you guys, and uh, we would love again to hear from you. Send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com, and uh, we will be more than happy to uh, schedule a time where you can be with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Also, if you are an entrepreneur, business owner, and you have a product or service that you would like to promote right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we would love to partner with you so you can share your product and services with our audience. So hit us up again at contact at michaelnemis.com. We can take care of it all. That's right, guys. You can have your commercial airing right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show and uh, and 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 our growing platform of listeners can take advantage of your products and your services uh, right from our podcast. So again, hit us up at contact at michaelnemons.com and we'll be happy to partner with you. Well, guys, we're getting ready to take a break, but when we come back, we're jumping into my first topic, uh, the historic election of Congressman Hakeem Jeffries as the leader of the Democratic Party. Guys, you don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Lex Devine, in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. All right, y'all, stay tuned. Author and professor, Dr. Peniel Joseph. You don't have to be Team Malcolm or Team Martin. I think you should be both. You know, so I think the black community needs both. I think that King is much more revolutionary and radical than the public perceives him to be. And I think Malcolm is, is a much more um, brilliant and, and, and um, courageous individual who can be radically pragmatic and revolutionarily pragmatic to save black lives while trying to defeat white supremacy than people give him credit for. So um, that's why I try to show Malcolm is absolutely this prosecuting attorney, but he's also a black America statesman too. He's going to the Middle East, he's going to Africa, um, he's schooling the young Cassius Clay before he's Muhammad Ali on what Africa means, you know, what his identity means. So I think I put them together because I thought there was much more convergence than divergence. And I think when you frame them the other way, you hurt um, understanding of the movement. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. 
the new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new michaelnimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking experience. Incoming House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries is vowing to seek common ground, as you just heard, with Republicans as his party moves into the minority in the next Congress. CNN's Eva McKen joins us live. Eva, Jeffries' election also marking a generational shift for the Democratic caucus after 20 years under the leadership of Nancy Pelosi. Alex, a generational shift indeed. You know, for so long, octogenarians have been running the show among House Democrats. Uh, But Jeffries is not necessarily a fresh face. In many ways, this has been a long time in the making. After nearly a decade on Capitol Hill, Brooklyn Red Attorney Hakeem Jeffries, making history as House Democrats selected him as the first black American to lead a party in Congress. Stand on the shoulders of people like Shirley Chisholm and so many others as we work to advance the ball for everyday Americans and get stuff done. Because that's what Democrats do. At 52, Jeffries' ascension marks a generational change from 82-year-old outgoing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. We want to work hard to- Jeffries became Democratic Caucus Chair in 2019 and has long been known for his advocacy around affordable housing and criminal justice reform, working across the aisle in 2019 to get the First Step Act passed. We look forward to finding opportunities to partner with the other side of the aisle and work with them whenever possible. But we will also push back against extremism whenever necessary. But it was his role as an impeachment manager during former President Donald Trump's first impeachment trial that was among Jeffrey's most high-profile posts, highlighting his background as a lawyer and his penchant for weaving in the legacy of hip-hop. That is why we are here, Mr. Seculo. And if you don't know, now you know. One of my constituents said, aren't you the congressman that shouted out Biggie Smalls on the House floor two years ago? I said, yeah, that was me. He said, and now I hear that you're the number five Democrat in the House of Representatives? How did that happen? I'm the only way that I could respond by quoting the Biggie Smalls lyric, which is, you never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Uh, And so I I think that Biggie Smalls, Jay-Z, in many ways, you know, capture sort of the aspirational aspect of the American dream. A former longtime staffer suggests Jeffries will pose a formidable challenge to Republicans. He has a mind like a computer. He's absolutely brilliant. So he remembers every single detail of everything. For all of his speeches, we never write his speeches out. We pull together the substance and he could just go and speak for 45 minutes. And argues he's the right man for this moment. In 2015, I said to him, I said, you're going to be the next speaker of the House because the reality of our party is that 
we had this old faction uh, that was destined to leave at some point, and Hakeem was the guy that could best articulate what we stood for. And we now live in an era where that matters more than most other things. Can't stop. But Jeffries will have to contend with the left wing of the party, who view him as part of the establishment, and he's poised to take the mantle with a Democratic minority. Great philosopher Grace Jones said, I may not be perfect, but I'm perfect for you. So for those who claim he's not progressive enough, there are far less progressive people who could stand in his stead and try to occupy his space. He's as progressive a figure as is capable of securing the broad base of the Democratic Party in order to represent them. A big question now is just how much will those progressives challenge him? Um, they were frustrated when he started a pack to protect incumbent Democrats. Uh, but notably, he did not uh, receive much pushback uh, in running for this position. On the It's Been a While edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And yes, it has been a while. I know, I know. <laughs> but we are back. And uh, as I said before the break, we're going to be talking about a number of different topics uh, in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. One of them being U.S. House Democrats elect Hakeem Jeffries, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, as first black party leader, according to an article on Reuters. Uh, uh, Hakeem Jeffries was unanimously elected on Wednesday to become the Democratic Party's top leader in the U.S. House of Representatives beginning in January, making him the first black American to hold such a high-ranking position in Congress. And we have Democrats to thank once again for giving us a momentous uh, moment in U.S. history. Uh, and uh, I, I couldn't think of a better person to serve in this capacity. Congressman Hakeem Jeffries has definitely served his country well. Uh, over a decade of service as a congressman uh, from uh, the state of New York. According to the article, the vote by Jeffries' fellow Democrats also marked the rise of a younger generation of leaders in the 435-member House and the end of Nancy Pelosi era uh, and, con and controlled by other Democrats in their 80s. Um, again, shouts out to uh, Congresswoman, former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, for um, seeing the handwriting on the wall as a visionary and stepping aside to give uh, a new generation of leaders an opportunity to lead the Democratic Party. And, um, you know, of course, we all know what personal battles she was dealing with, uh, her husband, um, you know, her family uh, being accosted by uh, a MAGA supporter breaking into their home and attacking her husband, looking for her. Um, just a lot of things going on. It has nothing to do with politics. And it's unfortunate that, um, you know, we've gone down this very destructive path. Um, and it's all because of the big lie that was told and is continuing to be told by uh, the liar in chief, Donald Trump. And uh, I'm just glad and happy that uh, the election deniers that ran uh, for this November 8th midterm general election did not win. Uh, and, um, you know, th that should be a uh, that should be a, a sound message to 
uh, the Republican parties, particularly the MAGA supporter wing of that party, that um, the American people are tired, tired of being lied to, tired of being manipulated, and uh, we're ready to move on. And I'm uh, not a Republican, of course. I'm a Democrat. But I believe that Americans have sent a very succinct and clear message to the Republican Party that it's time to move on. I think the leadership in the, in the Republican Party uh, is, is ready to move on as well. You begin to start hearing that, uh, uh, that message coming from those at the top. Uh, they are indeed looking for uh, new leadership for the Republican Party, even though you've heard Trump uh, indicate that he is going to be running again. Uh, but you also have other Republicans that have seemingly stepped to the forefront and have thrown their hat in the ring. Uh, uh, Governor uh, Ron DeSantis from Florida has um, uh, indicated that he plans to run. Uh, former Vice President uh, Mike Pence has uh, indicated that he is planning to run as well. Um, and uh, there might be several others that will be doing so uh, to um, you know, become the presumptive leader of the, the, the Republican Party, replacing the idiocy of Donald Trump. And uh, I think it's for the be for the betterment of the Republican Party that needs to happen, because we cannot continue on uh, down this destructive path. Because if we do so, it may be the end of the Republican Party as we know it. I, I believe so. It's going to become uh, uh, it it's going to become a real mess uh, if we continue, uh, you know, attacking the credibility of elections. There is no benefit. Uh, in doing so, uh, and and what boggles my mind in in, in all of this is how can uh, these candidates uh, who claim to be election deniers uh, encourage voters to still go to the polls and vote at the same time they are uh, attacking the credibility of the elections, and and you know it, it is oxymoronic uh, to do so. But yet, this is where the Republican Party uh, is and, 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 and is continuing to, to go. So um, there is no future in that. I think those at the top see that happening. They, they know that, and it's time to, uh, to move on from that. Um, and, but, but back to my topic again, I am... Um, very thrilled and uh, about this selection, um, and uh, I think others are excited about it as well. According back back to this Reuters article, uh, Democratic Senator Chuck Schumer uh, said that he was not surprised that Jeffries, a fellow Brooklynite, was chosen. Um, you know, here we have uh, Chuck Schumer, who is the majority leader for the Senate, uh, another Brooklynite that is very happy. To have a colleague of his uh, uh, working in the House of Representatives as a House Minority Leader, and he he goes on to say, "Coming from Brooklyn means you learn how to work with all kinds of different people. You learn how to stand your ground. You learn to not take things personally." Schumer said on Wednesday, adding that Jeffries exemplifies 
all of these traits. Uh, I think he is a very, um, uh, a very rational, reasonably thinking uh, person uh, with uh, a very conscientious member of Congress uh, that takes all uh, things into consideration when he's making decisions, when he's getting ready for votes, uh, and one that uh, he's indicated that he is looking at the future of the Democratic Party and knowing that they will not, we will not always be in the minority, but planning to regain the majority in in the House of Representatives uh, in this in the next election cycle. So we are um, solely behind. Uh, this pick uh, for the House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries. I think uh, he is a, a great choice for the future of the Democratic Party. Um, very proud of the fact that we have finally made that decision uh, to move on. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has done an admirable job as the Speaker of the House uh, for the time that she has been the Speaker uh, and the leader of the Democratic Party. Uh, we appreciate her service. We appreciate her commitment and dedication to the American people. Uh, but again, I think it's time to move on. Another, another important thing to consider uh, in this uh, topic of conversation regarding Congressman Hakeem Jeffries becoming the first black leader of the Democratic Party uh, is you know, when the Democrats uh, do regain power uh, in the uh, House of Representatives, uh, we will be on the cusp of yet another first. Um, you know, the, the Democrats have uh, yielded us the first uh, African-American president of the United States and Barack Obama, uh, the first uh, African-American uh, woman and Asian Pacific woman uh, Vice President and Kamala Harris and the first uh, African-American female Supreme Court Justice in Ketanji Brown Jackson, uh, now the uh, first black uh, uh, minor House Minority Leader and Congressman Hakeem Jeffries. But, um, you know, when that does happen and we do regain power in the House of Representatives, uh, Hakeem Jeffries will become the first black speaker of the House. And that is yet another first uh, in U.S. history and another box that we can check off in our community. And just amazing, uh, uh, an amazing thought to, um, you know, to, 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 to consider uh, and, and a, a very real uh, concept or very real um, uh uh, very a real uh, accomplishment that is within our grasp. Uh, so, a lot of things to talk about. A lot of things to be excited about uh, with uh, with this. I was a little bit disappointed in the fact that uh, the Republicans did, uh, you know, get control of the House of Representatives, uh, but. Uh, from what I understand, it's not it's because of the slim majority that they have. They're not going to be able to get much done. And because we're still retaining control in the Senate, 
there's it, it, I really see this dynamic of power uh, working for our benefit because Republicans are going to be forced to work with Democrats in order to get legislation done. Uh, they won't be able to just push their agenda down the throats of uh, the Democratic Party and the American people, uh, you know, like they've done in the past. It's going to take uh, a collective and collaborative effort uh, to get uh, things accomplished. And especially now uh, with this Senate runoff that's taking place in the state of Georgia, now that Democrats have the majority in the Senate with uh, Vice President Kamala Harris giving that, even though the, the it's tied 50-50, uh, the Vice President's vote uh, uh, sways that towards the Democratic side, um, you know, you, you're going to see, uh, regardless of what happens on Tuesday, Democrats will still retain the majority in uh, in the Senate. And I think even for that, that fact, uh, Democrats, uh, the, the Senator Warnock has an even greater chance of winning, given the fact that Republicans uh, will not be able to change the landscape of power in the Senate uh, for the foreseeable future. So uh, I think we're in a good I think we're in a good space, a good spot uh, as a Democratic Party. Very excited about what's happening. Very excited about the direction that we're headed. And again, uh, shouts out to the honorable congressman, honorable distinguished congressman from the state of New York, Hakeem Jeffries, for becoming the House Minority Leader. I would love to get the thoughts and feedback on uh, this topic. We're going to post this article uh, from Reuters on our Facebook fan page. Feel free to comment. Let us know what your thoughts are about it as well. We might even share them on the air. Again, uh, facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ or send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com or hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at TOL Radio Show uh, MSN. Guys, we're getting ready to take another break. When we come back, we're jumping into my next topic, and we're talking about Jerry Jones, LeBron James, and Jamel Hill. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. This is Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Hey, what's cracking, Planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ. Lover, you understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Minneapolis, Minnesota, to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. 
Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Emmy Award-winning journalist, Jamel Hill. And to ask ourselves, how is it that we're trying to allegedly reach racial harmony, but we want to have celebrations of racist things all the time? Again, we can't have unity unless we agree that something's bad. And we sound even more foolish by saying, Oh no, but we changed the meaning. Okay, they can say the same thing in Germany about a lot of things, but you don't see it because they knew in order for real healing to take place, they had to disavow all that stuff, which is why they paid reparations to the descendants of the Jews that were killed in our. That's why they did it. Apologies don't work unless you put some level of action behind it. It's my really long-winded way of saying that when I think about the national anthem, it doesn't represent everybody. Mark Cuban knew it, he talked about it. That's why they stopped doing it. And you know what? They didn't do it for 13 games and no one noticed. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. It's disappointing by the lack of questions about that 1957 Jerry Jones picture. Says the media was quick to ask about Kyrie Irving. Now you'll hear the sound in a second. James wanted to know why he hadn't been asked about the photograph that recently surfaced showing Jerry Jones at the age of 14 peering over it's not exactly peering over a crowd of white students what it was was Jerry Jones standing in a pretty prime spot prime spot you gotta get there kind of early to you know um, in a sea of white faces that has been largely correctly identified throughout American history since that time as a crowd looking to intimidate of young white men looking to intimidate the um, black students who were trying to who were supposed to be integrating the school because in Arkansas in the south at that time a ton of racist white people who didn't want integration who wanted separate and unequal um Listen to LeBron James. Here he is talking about it. I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. Okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't even want you guys to say nothing. When I watched Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy 
talking about my people and the things that we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, when we do something wrong or, or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, every single news coverage, it's on the bottom ticker, it's asked about every single day. But it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago and we all make mistakes, I get it. But it seemed like it's just been buried under like, oh, it happened, okay, we just, we just move on. And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. And as I said uh, before uh, the break uh, in this, uh, it's been a while edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Yeah, I know, guys, it's been a while, <laughs> but we are back. Yes, we are. And uh, in this segment, we're talking about uh, LeBron James, Jerry Jones and Jamela Hill. A uh, lot going on uh, in this particular conversation, this particular segment uh, in this week's edition. We want to talk about a very controversial photo that surfaced uh, a little while ago uh, by the Washington Post of of owner uh, Dallas Cowboy, uh, of the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, when I believe he was 14 years old. Um, And uh, it is a very controversial photo back, taken back in 1957, the image of the Dallas Cowboys owner, and uh, he is in the crowd of uh, other white uh, males that seem to be blocking uh, the interests of young black men uh, in the uh, desegregating of a school in the South. And um, uh, he is standing there in the back and he is claiming that he was just an innocent bystander in all of this. But uh, it turns out it appears to be much more that is going on there. But as a part of this photo, uh, Laker, uh, uh, L.A. Laker, LeBron James uh, decided to uh, take the media to task uh, in a um, uh, in an interview uh, after a game uh, just a few days ago regarding this particular photo and uh, he brought it up and you heard it in the opening part of this segment that he wanted to know why the media has not asked him about the photo uh, why they have not brought it up and uh, why there doesn't seem to be an interest in his uh, input and opinion of the photo of this Dallas Cowboy owner as a young man, 14 years old, uh, standing there um, in what appears to be a, a pivotal a pivotal moment 
in civil rights history. And uh, he took the media to task, and rightfully so, because uh, just uh, a little while ago, uh, he was asked about Kyrie Irving and uh, a controversial tweet that he put out there uh, surrounding a movie called Hebrews to Negroes um, that got uh, Kyrie in some hot water uh, with the NBA and with the Jewish community. And so LeBron wanted to know why uh, this was not uh, something that uh, you asked me about. It seemed like this is being pushed under the rug. And, uh, and so as soon as he said something, other sports analysts like Stephen A. Smith and Max uh, Kellerman and uh, Skip Bayless and uh, many others began to talk about this because it is a photo, again, of a pivotal moment, moment in civil rights history. And my good friend, Jamel Hill, decided to uh, write an article in The Atlantic, which he is a journalist for, uh, and um, uh, she is, um, of course, doing more than just writing for The Atlantic. She just dropped her own autobiography called Uphill uh, and uh, have a copy, and I encourage each and every one of you that are listening to get yours as well, and uh, happy to have had her on this podcast and um, you certainly can uh, listen to that uh, at your leisure uh, anywhere po- anywhere you listen to your podcast. But uh, her, the title of her article in The Atlantic is called The Jerry F- uh, Jones Photo Explains a Lot. A 1957 image of the Dallas Cowboys owner highlights longstanding inequities in the NFL. It goes on to say, if you're wondering why in professional football so few black coaches get hired and black players struggle to be heard, you can learn a lot from a 65-year-old image of Jerry Jones. In 1957, photo published late last month by the Washington Post, the future owner of the Dallas Cowboys, then 14 years old, stood among a group of white teenagers who were blocking six black students from desegregating the Arkansas high school. In an interview with the Post, Jones minimized his role in the event. I don't know that I or anybody anticipated or had a background of knowing what was involved. It was more a curious thing. That's what Jerry Jones said. He told the newspaper, which he published, uh, which has published a series of stories about the NFL's failure to promote black coaches over the course of decades. The article goes on to say Jones was a sophomore at North Little Rock High High when the photo was taken. You could argue that Jones only was a kid, but as an adult, he hasn't adequately reflected on what his presence in a crowd of hostile white teens would have meant to black students. And he hasn't fundamentally disavowed uh, the narrow, bigoted attitudes that once surrounded him and are still a force in football today. And you can you can say that Jerry Jones is much a part of uh, the um, the bigotry and the racism that exists in the NFL. You can go all the way back to when Colin Kaepernick took that knee. And there were players that wanted to support him, particularly players on the Dallas Cowboys uh, team that wanted to support uh, 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 then uh, uh, then San Francisco 49er quarterback Colin Kaepernick. 
in his stand for uh, a stand against police brutality and for, and standing up for black people by taking a knee during the national anthem. And Jerry Jones went on record that any of his play, if any of his players took a knee during the national anthem, that they would be dealt with. They would be uh, they they would be suspended. They would not play. They would um, you know they would be punished. And so uh, you know this was uh, something that. Uh, took place and Jerry Jones was very much a part of it. Uh, Jones, according to the article, isn't just any NFL owner. He may be the most powerful owner in the NFL. According to Jamel Hill, the Post's David Moranis and Sally Jenkins wrote that Jones is sometimes referred to as a shadow commissioner, more powerful than Roger Goodell, who holds that title. He has not been shy about exerting his clout as a financier and cultural virtuoso working to help or shape the league more in his image. And that's a very dangerous position for uh, a white supremacist to be in, if that is the case. The racial hierarchy of the NFL is glaring, according to this article. The majority of NFL players are black, but owners and head coaches disproportionately are conservative white men. Every now and then, such as such as after the murder of George Floyd in 2020, the league made, makes performative statements about uh, about racial healing. But outside the public spotlight, the NFL and prominent figures in it have been caught showing bigotry in a variety of forms, including using race uh, norming to determine concussion settlements and making racist, sexist, and homophobic comments over email. And you all might remember and recall that when Donald Trump was the president of the United States, which this all took place under his watch, uh, Jerry Jones was uh, uh, good friends of the president. And Donald Trump took uh, great pride in uh, letting people know that Jerry Jones and him were friends and that he was doing uh, the bidding of uh uh, that Jerry Jones was doing his bidding by uh, insisting that the players stand during the national anthem, and uh, and and Trump got involved, um, you know, and and making statements about that. So, you know, this is this is you know, this this points directly to uh, Jerry Jones uh, being uh, a a closet racist. And uh, whether he wants to admit it or not and trying to, uh, you know, s to say in a sense that, you know, we, we didn't know the, the gravity of what was taking place. But, um, you know, no one understood that, including him as a 14 year old. But uh, th I think that was far from the truth. I think he knew uh, very much so what they were doing, what they were trying to do and attempting to block these six black young people from. Uh, from uh, going to school in this um, in this white high school, the old photo of Jones, according to the article, is jarring in part because it confirms what so many black players and coaches find so unsettling about the NFL. They are navigating a league permeated with both hidden and overt racism, along with other forms of discrimination, and they naturally wonder if the equity they seek will ever be truly prioritized. And um, the more I think about this, you know, um, there's um, a, a prime example 
of 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 what's taking place in the NFL is what just recently happened with the Indianapolis Colts and the owner um, basically uh, selecting uh, uh, Jeff Saturday, uh, a former player, ESPN analyst, uh, as the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, um, and. Um, basically taking over this NFL franchise that only 32 head coaches have have you know only 32 franchises and giving this this co- uh this this um former player and um who who uh, has basically no head coaching experience the only head coaching experience that he has uh is a high school coach uh, he, he's only been a high school coach, and here you're giving him the keys to your NFL franchise. Uh, and um, I, 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 we wondered and wondered when this happened, you know, if there were any black candidates that were even interviewed for this position. Probably not, you know. Uh, and would uh, a black candidate or black journalist or a black um, uh, uh, analyst uh, that only had high school level head coaching experience would have been given this opportunity. Probably not. And and this is the hypocrisy that exists in not just the NFL but in white America. You know, and they and it's rubbed in your face. It's done right in your face. It's not done in the dark, but it's done in your face. And um, and and it's very um, very very. Um, unsettling uh, for lack of a better word there but uh, again uh, this is another example of you know um, the hypocrisy that exists you know in in and that you know the NFL has has the Rooney rule in place which uh, basically mandates that black candidates uh, should at least be given an opportunity to interview for open head coaching positions for each open head coach position that becomes available black candidates should be interviewed for these positions even though they are not may not be necessarily uh, picked for that position and some look at that Rooney rule and say well uh, it is basically pandering to the black community uh, because you know they're uh, these uh, you know uh, pandering to us because these positions are not really for us they're just basically this is a dress rehearsal or uh, it's just a um, uh, 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 just a um, a staged uh, a stage interview uh, for the real one with the real candidate they're going to be selecting which is in most cases a white man and you know there are very few black head coaches in the NFL and so of course when you find situations like this where Jeff Saturday who's only uh, who's been a former player ESPN analyst and only has uh, high school level head coaching experience and yet he's been given the keys to one of the 32 NFL franchises uh, that is that I, I mean how do you how else are you how else are you supposed to look at that and I think it's important to note as we talk about 
uh, Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, and we talk about Jeff Saturday, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and you know whether he is capable uh, in leading. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts uh, as a head coach with very limited coaching experience, they're actually losing to the uh, Dallas Cowboys 19-54. to Yes. Uh, as of this recording for this particular podcast on Sunday, uh, December the 4th, they're playing, the Dallas Cowboys are playing the Indianapolis Colts and they're beating them. The Dallas Cowboys are beating them 54 to 19 that is correct and uh you know uh, that uh, whether that speaks to uh jeff said the job that jeff saturday is doing with the indianapolis Colts or not that is a reality of what's actually happening the dallas cowboys are trouncing the indianapolis Colts, and you have a high school uh head coach uh at the helm so you know what? What do you have to say about that? You know what? What is there to say about that? Uh, that's incredible. Fifty-four to nineteen. That is completely and utterly ridiculous. And for um, you know, some saying that this was done because they know the owner knows that you know this is only for um, a year or for this season, and that. They're pretty much going to be tanking the season so that they can get a high draft pick in the uh, the next NFL draft, and they'll be looking for a new head coach at that particular time. But you know, even if even if that is true, um, I think at the very least there should have been uh, black candidates that had an opportunity to at least interview for the position, and uh, that was that that. That obviously did not happen. Jeff Saturday was selected, and um, and I'm not trying to say that he may or may not he's not deserving of the position. Um, you know, he might be a good head coach. Who knows? But the fact that his credentials don't don't line up with the selection, in my view, uh, seems to be um, you know a bit um, uh, off the mark, so to speak. So that that is again another example of the hypocrisy that exists in the NFL. And going back to Jamel's article, uh, she, she contends that, uh, you know, I would be willing to extend the 14-year-old Jones some grace because I believe people can overcome the prejudice they, prejudices they grew up with. When I was a teenager, my friends and I commonly ridiculed LGBTQ people. My views evolved dramatically start, uh, starting during my college years when I interacted more closely with that community and simply read more about the world. Um, I've been transparent about that history. In contrast, where Jones stands today on matters of race and prejudice isn't entirely clear. Jones has employed black players and made many of them very wealthy, but those same players have also helped Jones build the Cowboys into the most valuable franchise in the NFL. The close relationships that Jones has built with individual black players don't absolve him of how he has constantly shrunk in those moments when he's had an opportunity to be a real force for racial progress. And uh, I completely agree with that. Um, and, you know, um, I applaud LeBron James for uh, speaking up 
and again I've said this in other shows in previous shows that even though I'm not a uh, quote unquote LeBron James fan um, when it comes to the debate between who's better between LeBron and Michael Jordan, you know who I think is the GOAT, uh, and that's MJ. And I'll always be what I will say when it comes to that debate. But um, I, I think that LeBron James is probably, when it comes, when in comparison to the two athletes, LeBron is definitely the more socially active. Uh, and socially conscious um, uh, player uh, than than Michael Jordan was and is. Uh, he definitely speaks truth to power and uses his platform uh, to give back to his community and to uh, elevate his community as well and to um, call to the carpet those who might be trying to take advantage of his community. And, and I, I have to applaud him for, for that. I have to. And you have to do that as well. We should applaud uh, people like him because he's using his platform, I think, in a positive way. And, uh, you know, he, he just took that time and I applaud his courage because everybody, every athlete, uh, he didn't have to do that. Every athlete, you know, uh, it, this all came out and people, you know, looked at that article, looked at that photo. Some decided to tweet about it. Some decided to just look uh, overlook it. And again, LeBron James decided, you know what, I'm going to actually speak about it. I'm going to take this time to speak truth to power because you guys use me when you want when you want a, a quote when you want um, when you want me to um, to to persecute one of my own uh, uh, players one of my own teammates or what have you uh, you know you, you want me to side with uh, side against them or take or or to uh, give my opinion about something that they may have done. But what about uh, what about something that you know offends me? What about you know uh, what what about this photo that you seem to just have swept under the rug? Yeah, I know uh, he is an owner, and LeBron mentioned that. Yes, Jerry Jones is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, and Kyrie Irving was just a player. And there's a there is definitely a difference in the two roles because Kyrie Irving, as a player, um, he has to understand that he's he he's been given a check to do a job, and 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 there's a certain um, there's a certain etiquette that comes along with that. You have to there's a certain appreciation that he has to have for uh, giving that being given the ability to play in the NBA and uh, and so yes he uh, he should understand that and LeBron acknowledges that and recognizes that and the difference in the two again the Jerry Jones is the owner and he's the one that's in many cases giving those checks and giving out those opportunities to the players uh, to uh, to play in the NFL and uh, and and to show their particular talent on, on on his team, and so there is a difference uh, in the statuses of both of those individuals. But the accountability that exists, I think, still remains the same. That 
that um, there is there should be some level of um, respect for uh, other the uh, other races and other cultures and ethnicities there should be uh, a level of appreciation for the Jewish community and for the black community and for the white community uh, for the Mexican community for the, uh, the, the 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 Hispanic community I should say um, and and so on and so forth there should be some level of respect for those communities that we interact with and uh, and 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 that that is a that that is something that should exist both with the owners and those players that uh, that they um, that that are also employees of the NFL and the NBA as well. We love to get your thoughts and feedback about this topic as well as the uh, the first topic in our last segment uh, regarding Congressman Hakeem Jeffries becoming the first black leader of the Democratic Party. Uh, two exciting topics. Again, we'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about that. Feel free to post them on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ or send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com or you can DM us uh, on our um Send us a send us a, a email or a post on our uh, Twitter or Instagram accounts at TOL Radio Host MSN. We love to hear from you guys. We're getting ready to take another break. When we come back, we're talking about head coach Deion Sanders and the move he's getting ready to make. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnimmons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. 
The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking experience. Global advocate, Martin Luther King III. So I, I think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come, particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of, you know, the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean, the last four years, theoretically, could cause, of have caused people to, to have lost faith, particularly if, if Trump had won. I think our, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked.
got bad guys on the It's Been A While edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Yeah, I know, guys. It's been a while. <laughs> but we're back. We're back. And uh, we've been talking about uh, a couple topics uh, in the earlier segment. Uh, the first segment, we talked about Congressman Hakeem Jeffries becoming the first black leader of um, the Democratic Party and uh, the first black leader of any major party uh, in uh, the United States. Uh, so uh, this is a historic move by the uh, Democrats. And again, uh, I think uh, we have to, again, thank uh, the Democratic Party for their forward thinking uh, when it comes to uh, moments like this in our uh, history. And so we love to know what you thought about what your thoughts are about that. And then in the last segment, we're talking about uh, the controversial photo of uh, uh, Dallas Cowboy owner Jerry Jones uh, back in 1957 standing with other white males trying to prevent six black young men from uh, entering uh, their school in Little Rock, Arkansas. And, um, you know, the, the implications of this photo and uh, the courage of LeBron James, uh, L.A. Laker uh, LeBron James, for uh, taking the media to task uh, and, and not asking him about this photo, but yet uh, asking him about Kyrie Irving and, and uh, what his thoughts were about uh, that controversial tweet that got him into some hot water with the NBA. And uh, I, again, applaud. LeBron's courage and um, the uh, journalist Jamel Hill wrote about this article wrote about this controversy in her latest article in the Atlantic and we are posting this on our Facebook fan page for you to uh, read on your own and to uh, you can also leave a post there uh, let us know what your thoughts are about this controversial issue again uh, I, I as I said in the earlier segment that uh, I believe that um, you know where there is smoke there is fire and Jerry Jones has proven uh, that uh, you know whose side he is on and uh, it, it is not the side of black people uh, I, I don't believe that and uh, he has some work to do I think when it comes to reconciling uh, you know his differences with uh, w- with uh, with history, and um, you know there's some work that he needs to be that needs to be done. Uh, and um, you know w- whether he's willing to do that or not is another story. But uh, moving on to our next topic uh, in this last segment of the "It's Been a While" edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Yeah, I know, guys, it's been a while, <laughs> but we're back. We're back, and we're talking about head coach Dion Sanders. Uh, of the Jacks of Jackson State uh, HBCU uh, that's doing a phenomenal job there uh, in his third year. Uh, they went undefeated uh, this season and won the uh, the SWAC conference uh, championship. Uh, uh, again, they are, uh, I think, back-to-back champions. From what I understand, uh, Jackson State has dominated the HBCUs and the landscape of college uh, of the historically black college football uh, universities has been changed by the presence of uh, Coach Prime, as he calls himself, and. And so uh, we wanted to take this opportunity to celebrate Coach Prime 
and uh, all that he's doing and accomplished. Uh, you heard in the opening of this segment uh, some of uh, the motivational speeches that he gives to his young men, uh, and uh, I was impressed by it. Uh, I really uh, like hearing him talk not just about football but about life, and uh, there was a 60-minute interview that he gave where he told uh, the uh, producer uh, the told the journalist that was doing the interview in so many words that you know a lot of these young men that I coach now will not get an opportunity to play professional football but uh, this is my opportunity to help train them for uh, what's next for them uh, if it's becoming a doctor or a lawyer or going and becoming an entrepreneur whatever it is uh, this is my opportunity to sow in, uh, sow a seed into their life and speak into their life uh, and uh, I, I applaud um, the work of Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. Some might say that he has a lot of flash and a lot of flair, uh, but there is some substance there. Uh, there is, uh, I, I have to say, there is not some, but a lot of substance there. Uh, I believe he cares about those young men that he's coaching and that he's training uh, to be not just successful football athletes, but successful black men. Uh, successful men um, and uh, I uh, I wanted to start the segment by saying that unfortunately though he is now moving on to um, Colorado University of Colorado where he's now the head coach there and uh, has accepted the uh, coaching position there for a power five conference and um, you know there's been rumors going around about whether he was going to take the job or not and uh, speculation about whether he should um, and uh, there are other coaching positions that you know he possibly could have taken in fact um, I I like many of you with a thought that he would be more interested in probably taking the uh, the the coaching position for uh, his former um, university uh, Florida State where he was a cornerback uh, Deion Sanders that's where prime uh, prime time came from that's where he hails Florida State and so I thought he was waiting for that opening and an opportunity to uh, take that position there but it seems like that door did not open and uh, and so he decided to take the head coaching position at Colorado and I'm not saying that it's a bad spot or bad position that he should take but uh, I am saying that um, I thought it, I, there are better position there are better coaching jobs he could have gotten and uh, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today about this very thing and that we were saying that he's he's really uh, coming from a position of power in this whole uh, coaching stratosphere right now in college football because um, he, Dion has uh, coach prime has used his celebrity uh, to bring a lot of attention to uh, historically black colleges and uh, you know the NFL has turned their attention to the, uh, the historically black, black colleges because of Coach Prime and the success that he's had at Jackson State 
uh, and he's leveraged his celebrity in many ways to uh, bring attention to historically black colleges and give not just the players at Jackson State an opportunity, but players at other historically black colleges an opportunity to play in the NFL because of his presence as a head coach uh, for Jackson State. And, you know, there is some, um, you know, some uh, uh, some talk going on behind the scenes that there could possibly there was possibly uh, or some rumblings behind the scenes that maybe that uh, this was a problem for the power five conferences having coach prime in the hbcus because uh, the focus is you know they're starting to get more uh, attention and some of the uh, some of the pivotal recruits that are being taunted by uh, uh, some of the Power Five conferences are going to uh, the HBCUs instead of these Power Five conferences. And now, you know, and, and it's because of Coach Prime. It's because that uh, the attention that he's garnered from Jack for Jackson State. And, you know, there might be some truth to that. The powers that be uh, behind the scenes did not like the fact that uh, the HBCUs are getting that kind of attention. And who knows uh, if uh, there was pressure there for Dion to move from the power, uh, move from the HBCUs to the power five so that the HBCUs would kind of uh, recede into the background, so to speak, where where they were previously uh and and i don't i I, again we i think both topics are in some ways related uh with the previous segment we had talking about uh the nfl uh there is a bias there uh in in uh, college football when it comes to uh the power five conferences and the hbcus we all know that uh, the HBCUs, does, uh, you know, before Coach Prime, did not get the attention uh, that they, uh, they they very well deserve from the NFL players uh, in the HBCUs uh, in comparison to the Power Five when it came to percentages of those who uh, were a- were actually recruited and drafted into the league were very small, um, and uh, and and. And we're starting to see those numbers slowly change, uh, and especially now because of the new NIL uh, provision there where it gives players the ability to use their name, image, and likeness for, uh, for profit uh, in college football. In fact, uh, one of the uh, top recruits uh, for uh, both the Power Five and HBCU ended up going to HB, uh, HBCU. I think his name might have been Marcus uh, Marcus Hunter or Travis Hunter, um, and um, uh, he went to Jackson State actually uh, as a top recruit because of Deion Sanders, because of Coach Prime. He went there. And there was some talk that he got a million dollars to become uh, to to accept Jackson State's offer a um, a a rumor that has not been 
uh, what has been denied by Coach Prime. But, um, you know, we don't know if that was true or not. Uh, but nevertheless, one of the top recruits that has been recruited by um, the uh, the uh, uh, HBCUs and Power Fives went to Jackson State over uh, you know places like Alabama and uh, and Clemson and Ohio State and Michigan and so on and so forth, and so the people, the powers that be. Uh, don't want that to happen. They don't want, uh, especially uh, the talented black athletes, to uh, matriculate uh, back to uh, their historically black colleges because that that that's a, that that is uh, revenue. That is money that is that's going in another direction and 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 is not going to the Power Five. So who knows if in fact this is true or not. Um, but you know, I I I I was hoping that Dion was was uh, would have been a little bit more. Um, uh, I don't know. I, that, I I'm not going to say that 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 his decision was a bad one. Uh, I I I'm I'm saying that there might have been better coaching positions or coaching offers out there uh, if he would have just uh, waited. And uh, maybe he didn't want to wait. Maybe he did not want to uh, want to wait uh, for that uh, for another opportunity. Uh, but this is where we are. And uh, Coach Coach Prime, I think uh, for for those young men who uh, played for him at Jackson State, I believe they he's left an indelible mark in their lives because um, you can hear in those video clips that have been circulating uh, over Facebook and uh, across the web, uh, you know, the, the, the sentiments that, that he has left, uh, the seeds that he's sown into their minds and into their, into their, um, uh, into them uh, about life, not just about football, but about life. And, um, and I know that, um, you know they're going to be the better for have having been played having played for Coach Prime, and and so we'll see, you know how things turn out for uh, for him uh, in, uh, in you know in his new position as the head coach of uh, at Colorado, uh, but he's told those young men as you heard in the opening segment that he's going to finish out uh, his uh, tenure at. Uh, Jackson State because they still have a bowl game to play in uh, at the end of this year. I think it was the Celebration Bowl, uh, which ends their their season. Uh, but they are SWAC champions, 12 and 0. A remarkable, remarkable tenure as a head coach of Jackson State. And you know, it's it was inevitable. I think that you know uh, success uh, lead would lead to promotion. That's 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 what usually that's what typically happens, um, you know. When when you when you start uh, at at a small uh, a small level, uh, when you are successful, uh, even the, you know even the Bible talks about that uh, as well. You know, uh, uh, that's why it says never uh, discount small beginnings. And you know, uh, if you are faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many. 
and that's what Dion has proven that I'm, I, he was faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many. So I'm going to take you from this place and put you over this, uh, over this larger uh, opportunity or this bigger opportunity. And so uh, he's just fulfilling uh, scripture, so to speak. And uh, and you can hear that in his voice. You can hear that in his talk. Uh, I believe he's also a member of uh, the Potter's House in Dallas, Texas, uh, where he where Bishop. T.D. Jakes is uh, his pastor and you can hear uh, Bishop Jakes in his in some of his and uh, in, in some of Dion's dialogue the way he talks the way he addresses those young men uh, it sounds uh, very T.D. Jakes-esque so to speak <laughs> but um, uh, hats off to Coach Prime and, and, and all of the success that he has garnered as the head coach at Jackson State and uh, and to again uh, to uh, to those uh, men in Colorado uh, he's, he, he's already told you that that I'm coming uh, he, he's coming and I think he's going to change the landscape of the power five conference as well so uh, Deion coach prime is um, a difference maker he's already proven that in the HBCU so let's see what happens in the power five guys i'd love to know what your thoughts are not just about this topic but all three the topics that we talked about in the it's been a while edition of the thinking out loud radio show yeah i know guys it's been a while but we're back <laughs> we're back we're back and we're getting ready to take another break when we come back we're giving you our thought of the week it's been a while but we're back it's the thinking out loud radio show you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister, Michael Nimitz. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jamel Hill, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with my man, Michael Nimitz. Stay locked. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's time. 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 For the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Thought of the Week. As I said in the show opening, this week's thought is entitled Never Give Up, and it comes from none other than stand-up comedian, TV, radio host, 
game show host, actor, and more, Steve Harvey. And this is a story about his first ever TV appearance. And it's a thought that you don't want to miss. Take a listen. I used to spend the night in hotel parking lots. What was I gonna do? I ain't had nowhere to stay, so I lived in the car. I had $35. And I said, come on, God, man, I've been trying to make this dream come true. You done left me out here like this. And I was crying so hard that he just said, I didn't like hear a voice or nothing, but he spoke to me and however he said, if you get up, I'm gonna take you places you ain't never been. Now I was finna quit, so I said, skip it. I'm gonna quit anyway. So I got in my car, I went to a pay phone, and I was gonna call my dad. You remember back in the day where you could punch in a code and call your answering machine and get your messages? So I called, and I punched in the code, and the, he said, doop. He said, hey Steve, this is Chuck Sutton with Showtime at the Apollo. We saw a tape of you. You're very funny. If you could get here Sunday night, uh, we'd love to put you on television. Call me back, let me know if you can make it. So I hung the phone up, I'm crushed. Cause my whole dream of being on TV, and I couldn't get to New York. I got $35. How I'm gonna get to New York? I can't make it. So I'm standing there at the phone booth and tears just coming down my face. I said, God, so that must be a sign for me to go home. Cause this it, I ain't even got the money to go to the Apollo. My whole thing, I wanted to be on TV, I couldn't even make the dream come true. I'm just, I'm, I'm, this is the most messed up moment. And so I said, man, let me call this dude back and see if he said this Sunday. Cause maybe he said next Sunday and I can hustle up a little bit of money or something. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but let me just call him back. So I call him back. Steve, this is Chuck Sutton, Showtime at the Apollo. We saw a tape of yours, you're very, very funny. Look, we have an opening Sunday night at Showtime at the Apollo. If you can make it, we'd love to put you on TV. I say, it's this Sunday. Before I hit the button, I heard, doop, you have another message. Now, it wasn't there before. So I punched my code in, I listened to the second message. It says, Steve Harvey, this is Tom Sobel from the Comedy Caravan. I have, this was a Thursday. He said, I have a gig in Jacksonville, Florida on Friday night that pays $150. If you can get there Friday night, you'll make $150. So I, I called him back and I said, hey Tom, did you get a gig away? He said, no, it's still available. He said, can you get there? I said, I'm in Pensacola, Florida. I'm three and a half hours away. So I drive to Jacksonville, Florida, and that night I killed, I made the 150. The club owner said, Man, you funnier than the guy we hired. If you stay tomorrow night, I'm gonna give you another $150. So now I got $300 now. So I get on the phone, I call Chuck Sutton. I say, hey man, is the gig still available at Showtime at the Apollo? He said, yeah, we got one opening left. I said, I'll be there. So I called Eastern Airlines, who used to be open back then. They had a special for $99 going from Jacksonville, Florida to New York round trip. So I parked my car at the airport. I got it. <laughs> got 
got on. Got on plane, flew. Everything I had was in two bags. Got to the Apollo. I said, hey man, I'm here. I got there at 11 o'clock in the morning. He said, you can't stay here because you don't come on to the late show tonight. I said, man, I ain't got nowhere to go. I said, if you just let me stay in this building, man, I ain't gonna move around nothing. I ain't got nowhere to go. I'm in Harlem, I can't go back out here. I got these two bags. I got victim wrote all over me, man, so. He said, all right, if you go upstairs, don't come down. So he put me in the dressing room on the sixth floor. So that's where all the comedians were. So I stayed up there. I got hungry around three o'clock, man, I couldn't take it no more. So I went back downstairs, a dude named Alton Liston. I said, hey man, he said, man, I thought I told you, don't come down them damn steps. I said, hey man, I'm just hungry, man. I said, let me go to that KFC I saw on the corner. Just let me get some chicken, I'll come right back. He said, man, if you ain't back in 20 minutes, you ain't getting in this building. So I went, bought me some chicken, came back. So the comedians started coming in the building. They started coming up on the sixth floor. So I meet this guy named D.L. Hughley. I introduce myself, he introduced himself. I'm sitting there, another guy come in named Dwayne Johnson. Then this other dude walked in named Jamie Foxx. And I introduce myself, we don't know each other, ain't none of us famous. It's 1991, man. And now, you don't even know how nervous I am, man. I can't even, my breathing is shot cause these dudes been booed. So I walk out, I had wrote this joke. Uh, Mike Tyson had got in a fight in Harlem with this heavyweight named Mitch Green. Mike Tyson had hit the dude in the eye in the store. Now he was on the news, his eye was swollen. So the joke I wrote was, they was interviewing Mitch Green and he was telling everybody what happened, but his eye took over the interview. And I wrote this joke that his eye started talking and was just, I tell you what happened. The heavyweight champ's fist is coming towards my face. I just say, Lord, Lord, Lord. And I wrote this whole joke about this dude's eyeball talking. And when the punch came, and all this here, the Apollo, man, they went crazy. They lost their mind. I got a standing ovation, man. I walked off stage. I walked off stage, man, just started crying. I couldn't believe it. And they paid me. I made $750 for being on TV for one night. I'd never made $750 telling jokes in one night. And so that was my first television appearance. A couple weeks later, Sinbad was the host of the show. He got this job at, on a different world. And so he quit. And so Mark Curry became the host. And then Mark Curry got hanging with Mr. Cooper and he quit. And they came to me and said, would you come back to New York and host amateur night for us to just try you out? Oh, ain't no problem. And so I went to New York, I hosted amateur night and I was killing. But every time we went to commercial break, I was supposed to let the warm up act take over like Ruben does. 
But I knew not to let the warm-up act do that because he would change the attitude of the crowd because the Apollo was a wild place. So I stayed out there. I did the warm-up and the hosting. And I created a bond with that audience. And that's how I got on TV. It was my very first TV show. I hosted Showtime at the Apollo. I ended up being the longest-running host in the history of Showtime Apollo. I did that show for eight years. Nobody ever did it for eight years. And that was my turn-back moment. See, in your life, everybody has a turn-back moment. You have a moment where you can go forward or you can give up. But the thing you have to keep in mind before you give up is that if you give up, the guarantee is it will never happen. That's the guarantee of quitting, that it will never happen, no way under the sun. The only way the possibility remains that it can happen is if you never give up no matter what. Because God is always coming. He's never too late. At your, at your worst moment, look man, when they told me I had to be in New York, I saw no way I could get there. But that God though, he make the phone ring. I end up in Florida, I make $300. Then I go to New York, I make $750. Almost got $1,000 out of nowhere. That's, that's what happened to me. That was my, my moment of never giving up. That's when I first learned that faith was everything, that, that you have to remain faithful. thought of the week entitled Never Give Up from actor, stand-up comedian, motivational speaker, TV, radio host, and more, Steve Harvey. I got chills just listening to him talk about uh, his determination, his courage, and most importantly, his faith. His faith, not just in himself, but in God to get him to his destination. And that is the same kind of faith that you and I need to get us to our destination as well. Never ever give up. Well guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. It's been a while. Yeah, we know it has been a while, but we are back and uh, we were excited to bring to you this brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show talking about a number of different topics in this week's edition. If you enjoyed this week's show, let us know. Send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com or hit us up on either of our, all of our social media, I should say, Twitter or Instagram at Teal World Radio Host MSN or even TikTok. That's right, guys. We're on TikTok as well. TOL Radio Host MSN or at the TOL uh, the, the Radio Show. Uh, or again, you can email us at contact at michaelnemons.com or uh, send us a post uh, or hit us up on our Facebook fan page, I should say, at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ. We would love to hear from you. We enjoy hearing from those who listen to our radio show. And again, if you're interested in being a guest on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, 
hit us up on any of our social media or email us at contactofmichaelnemons.com. Guys, we'd love to partner with you, share your goods and your services, or share your story with our growing audience. Each and every week, our audience grows. And again, we're so very happy and honored to have this platform and so thankful that you tune in each and every week to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Remember those that are listening, rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Your support helps us to increase our exposure and um, helps us to increase our audience and exposure on the World Wide Web. Well, guys, we're getting ready to get out of here. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show in store for you. Well, we get ready to get out of here, but until next time, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Want to be a guest on the podcast? Send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in each week for the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, giving voice to issues that matter to you.